Welcome to another week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band, where we talk about two musical artists whose names sound similar, but this week the music is very different. This week we're talking about the Mighty Mighty Bostons. You get it? Have you ever been close to tragedy or been close to folks who have? Have you ever felt the pains of... I am Jared. Caleb. This is Tyler. So for this episode, we have to do um, our Boston accent, or we have no, to talk yeah. like the lead singer of the Mighty Mighty Bostons the whole time. Uh, yeah, you got to pick one or the other. <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't, I don't. How can they call themselves just Boston? Just because they're from. <laughs> I don't want. It's <laughs> not the turn yet. Hey, where no. are you from? That's dumb. Uh, I'm, in a, Boston, I'm in a band, so. Boston. Yeah, I, yeah, they are both from Boston. And they're both named after Boston. It's true. That I don't know how that shaped out. I don't know what it is about being in Boston that makes you want to name your band after Boston. Uh, ship it up there. Yeah, well, here. Yeah. He's shipping up. They didn't, it wasn't called Boston to begin with, and they just it just happened. Right. I don't think they had. They I think it was yet to be named. Yeah, and then the Mighty Mighty Bostones weren't supposed to be the Mighty Mighty Bostones, but they found that an old artist had been named the Bostones, and they're like, I guess we got to add something to this. Might as well make two yeah. Mighties. Yeah. There was no Mighty Mighty at the time. It yeah. sounds cooler anyway. It does. It's a pretty cool It's per, It's the name for a Scott. It makes much more sense. It really does. Uh, I also, I will say, uh, as a ska band... I didn't realize they'd been around as long as they had. Like, it makes oh, yeah. sense that, like, that they've been around for a, a decent amount of time. But I don't think that we think about ska bands in the way of, like, this band has been around since, like, the 80s. They're the missing link. Between ska and hardcore punk? No, between third wave ska and two-tone ska. I see. That make Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, like, I guess, like, you... Punk was not super, super fully fleshed out still by, like, the mid-'80s. You know, like, it had started to, of course, find way more footing at that point. But I guess, like, my brain wouldn't have thought that someone had arrived on Ska that early. I feel like Ska would have just been, like, an accidental thing that they landed on. And they're well, like, what about, like, this is uh, kind of cool. I mean, the, like, The Clash and Madness are two uh, pretty, from that time period. Yeah. Uh, the specials. Yeah. Yeah, there was an early. There's an early bit of uh, ska to really all of punk. Then isn't there? It's a good point. Uh, it, once it like shifts towards it. Yeah, Clash you definitely know. helped make ska yeah. happen. Like arts towards it, and then you get two tone in the late seventies, and into the the little bit of the eighties. And... Have we talked about ska in a in a greater capacity outside of the Aquabats? No, I don't think no. so. No. I didn't think so. They're the I, pinnacle of scoffers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's isn't that a shame? Like, well, I mean, they're good, of course, but only the beginning was Scott, and then they transisted, tran, transitioned. Yeah, it's true. I because like other than other than the uh, the clash for record roundtable, but on this right. show, it's been very low scoff. And even like the clash is not technically scoff. They just you know because I, I guess really scoff didn't even like exist at the time. Mm. But they originated the uh, elements that would make ska. But yeah, like uh, some of the bigger ska bands, even like not as early as the Mighty Mighty Boston's, would be like Less Than Jake, um, mm. Real Big Fish. 
Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of some other ones that are kind of in Street that. Streetlight Manifesto. Streetlight oh, yeah. Manifesto for sure is in that is in that uh, conversation. So, yeah, I I like ska. Mm. I'm Me too. that's why I'm surprised that we haven't spent. Uh, and ska is one of those like really fun genres that's that true. like it all kind of mm-hmm. sounds in a lot of way the same because they kind of use the same type. Well, except for honestly, the Mighty Mighty Boston's. But it really is mostly in the vocals that it's super different to me. Um, but it's always just fun. It's hard to not make ska fun. Make ska fun. I agree. It is fun. It's the music that the weird kids listened to when I was growing up. Well, collectively. Do you think? I, do you think that plaid stuck around for everybody in the ska biz, or do you think that it really kind of stayed with them? Uh, the checker thing is the is a special thing, so that was around, and then it just turned into plaid, and then it just ha- it just was there. That's what it did. And you had chain chain wallets. I just was waiting for y'all to exclaim how excited you were about chain chain wallets and stuff. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, chain Whoa. wallets. Don't you remember? I, you don't remember kind of the stylistic? It's also funny because of the stylistic nature of it. I mean, I had friends, and the ska music was what connected us in a way. And, uh. Huh. They were. They had some ska style. There's two kinds of punks, uh, the kind of punks that shop at uh, Hot Topic, uh-huh. and the kind yep. of punks that shop at Spencer's Gifts. Oh, oh boy. Okay. There was also a, a place. Uh, Where did the ska kids shop? There was also a place called uh, Nirvana that was at the mall yeah. in Richmond that was mm-hmm. where the uh, like. Like uh, not even like goth almost, kids yeah, or like, anything. It was not even that. It's just like people, almost that, like goth adjacent, but also like kind of stoners. Yes, yeah, yeah. they yeah. always yeah, truly oil and uh, such. Yeah, d- right. lots of drugs. But they also, I almost bought a Dead Kennedys belt buckle from Nirvana, mm. and I, I didn't. I did have a Dead Kennedy shirt, and my mom's like, "This isn't bad, right?" And I go, "No, it's just a shirt." And then I got asked questions about it by a little old lady while I worked at a donut booth for a church at the state, at the county fair. Did well, she think it was bad too? They were dead. She said, "I know." She said, uh, "What's that on your shirt?" And I said, uh, "It's a Dead Kennedys or a punk band." She's like, "It's not one of those sex, drugs, and rock and roll bands, right?" And I said, "No, no, no, uh, no. It's mostly like a political and social commentary, I suppose. You know." I'm sure that she really got into that conversation. She's like, "Oh, yeah. I'd love to have that conversation." Man, it was a mixture of like, if you listen to it, I know that what you would think, and you would think it is, but it's actually not, and I can't really. It's just not worth it right now, is it? Yeah. So. So on the mighty mighty Boston's, I because we we've diverged yeah, we've, in a very weird way. Yes. Um, how do you think that the Kimmel thing happened? Explain to the listener. Yeah, sure. Okay, so the lead singer of the Mighty Mighty Boston's, whose name is pause for effect, Dickie Barrett. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Real life name being Sid Barrett's cousin, Richard Michael Barrett. Dickie's way more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, is now, I guess, what the announcer of Jimmy Kimmel Live is that the way that they describe that yeah, role? Yeah, he's the announcer. So he, you know, he's not even like the guy who leads the music in the same way. He's just no. the guy who uses his voice. In an exclaiming manner. Interesting. So I, I'm just wondering, like, how that relationship would have even like been bridged. Like, well, oh yeah, Jimmy I love Kim- the voice from. I, you know, actually, that makes sense. I bet Kimmel is from Boston. Let's find out. I'm already on it. Yeah, please do. He's from Brooklyn. Ah, okay. okay. Brooklyn. Hmm. Well, I don't know. Maybe he just likes them. Maybe he, like us, uh, owned. Elmo Palooza as a child. Ah ha ha! He got there. So uh, 
as I was at the I probably honestly the Mighty Mighty Boston Bostones mm-hmm. were probably the first uh, ska group we've ever heard in our whole lives. I'd have to I'd have to guarantee because that because they were featured on a VHS tape, uh, probably a special too on TV, but we had the video that uh, was Elmo Palooza, mm-hmm. uh, and the, they sang a song on there. I don't even I rewatched the video of them playing the song. I had no recollection of that song. I just knew they were on the tape. Yeah. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell was also there. I think Ellen was there. Uh, uh, Beyonce, I think, was on that tape. All ben Stiller was right. on the tape. Lots of people. Yeah. But yeah, that was our first introduction, I would assume, to ska music was on Elmo Palooza. I'm sure we didn't, like, as kids say, oh man, this ska thing's really cool. Like, no. I'm sure we weren't, like, really into ska all of a no, sudden. No, but I always knew they were on Elmo Palooza. Like, even, like, it was a television special as well. Okay. Even knowing 98. about the group later in life, I mm. always associated with them with, besides the impressions that I get, which is a good song, good mm. rock song, good mm-hmm. uh, one-hit wondery kind of song. But uh, yeah, it was always them that I associated it with is Mighty Mighty Bostones. When you say uh, one, one hit wonder E, did they hit, like, did, was it a hit? It was popular, but I don't know if it was a hit. That's what I'm trying. I don't to think. Do. I don't know if it was a hit either, necessarily. Yeah, I know that people are a fan of the song, but let me see it. Um, you know what? You know how I know it's a hit is because popular it, song. It, I know it was a hit because it was the number one song that the pep band in my high school played during basketball games. Ah, oh, that's it. It was that's, number. That's number, where I know it from. Number one on the Billboard Modern Rock tracks, and number twenty-three on the Billboard Hot 100. Hot 100 Airplay. I don't know if that is different than the regular Hot 100. I do not know. I do not know. Yeah, I would just, because, like, again, because, I mean, there's... It, it, it was a hit song. It wasn't maybe a top 40 hit, but it was right. a hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't know if it qualified as a technical one-hit wonder. It's hard to know, really. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's always this strange concept. There really has not been, I mean... Uh, there's never been like a full crossover of ska into like mainstream or anything, which like, uh, no, yeah, no, because it's like a you got to skank. Can you skank in public and people not think you're weird? I wish they could. Right. We need more. I mean, we need more skanking. And yes. Yeah. Right. Don't you? Know how many? I mean, I know some people who skank. Did you know some people who? I don't know if I did. No, I know no one that skanks. Have you ever done it? Have you ever skanked before? No, I don't think no. so. No. no, no, no. Oh man. I've only been. And you claim to like ska. I know, I know. The only I've seen some ska live, like, and it was really, uh, of warp course, tour, yeah, yeah, it's a warp tour thing because, of course, warp tour would be somewhere where ska would be able to thrive. Oh yeah. I think that they played warp tour. Mighty Mighty, Mighty Boston. Uh, I don't know. Pretty sure that I, I know. I've seen Real Big Fish and Less Than Jake at uh, Warp Tour. I do not know about the mighty mighty boston they played on the 96 lineup yeah that makes sense. so they did indeed play warp tour i saw less than and this isn't a less than jake episode or no, anything no, so no. i don't want to get off two tracks or two two tracking too, too far two tone two tracking uh my favorite thing about the less than jake show was that they pulled this kid up on the stage and they made fun of him for having a justin bieber haircut uh oh yeah and so during the show they shaved his hair to give him a mullet in the middle, oh, yeah. in, in the middle <laughs> of a song. Now, 
after no. the song. What song was it? I do not remember. I was too busy. Uh, I was too busy paying attention to his hair getting shaved. Sounds now, like a dramatic moment. Now, after this, uh, for the second song, they kept the same kid up there. Then they pulled up another uh, some girl from the crowd, and they were like, "Yeah, we want you guys to make out now, because now you've got this this real hot punk what? kid with his with his mohawk." And the girl was all about it, and he wouldn't do it. He's like, "I have a girlfriend," and I'm like. I don't know who your girlfriend is. The guy with that haircut had a girlfriend. This guy does not have a girlfriend. Yeah, he's, he's, you're a new, you're a new yeah, you man. You don't have a girlfriend anymore. Yeah, yeah. And even if you did, if your girlfriend was like, yeah, I'm really mad at you for kissing somebody in the no, middle of a concert, I'd be that. like, come on. Like, this you is the wouldn't. time. No, that's not This right. is yeah, the this time. Is, they it's told okay. you you have to do what they tell you to do. Yeah, less than Jake You've asked been me on to. Stage. I didn't want to, but less than Jake said so. What era less than Jake are we talking uh, late, yeah, very late. Very late. Yeah. It would have been like so. By the, they're really they have no yeah. more credibility at the point that they've been oh, trying to do this thing. Yeah, you're probably right, but they still make good music. But on Warp Tour stage, you know, they had some of the 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 highest level. Did um, do you think that they're the only the only group ever to play both Lollapalooza and Elmo Palooza? Yes, Ooh. Oh, for sure. Wow, that's a that's a double piece that you know you're not used to. Did any of you two listen to their new album that just came out? I did. Tyler, did who's you? that? Mighty Mighty Boston's just had a new album come out. What? Uh, no, I didn't. Less than Jake had a new one last year. We're all these scars. Literally last week. They yep. had, I, Six I listened days to ago. It. Here's what happened. I was listening to it in the car. I got about halfway through, and I looked down, and I was on shuffle. And at that point, I was. it was very difficult to return because it's hard to remember what songs you had heard and what you hadn't. Right. Oh, no. But what I listened to was pretty good. I enjoyed uh, it. I... Was it? To... It wasn't different or anything. Like they weren't like, let's go in a new direction. Like I'm, it, no. I think that it just sounded I mean, like can't. them. But... I think uh, my favorite track on there was maybe certain things. I thought that was a pretty good song. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. I uh, I also listened to the debut, which is a little obviously uh, as expected, a little rougher yeah. than I, that. So. I own uh, or owned the Let's Face It album mm-hmm. from 1997 that had uh, the impression that I get. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I believe it, I got it at how like half price bookstore or something like that. Yeah, oh, yeah, but that sounds right. I re-listened to that as well this week, and I did not recognize as many of the songs as I thought I did. Yeah, because I had some songs on my old iPod, and uh, like the songs I remember from it are "The Rascal King," uh, "That Bug Bit Me," which is a good song, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I, that's about it besides the impression that I get. Yeah. Speak, okay, so talking songs, I not to keep going back to this, sure. why did we not play the zigzag dance from Elma Palooza? What do you mean? We should play it. Oh, People can fine. hear it. Yeah. I think I it's, it's a fun. No. no, I know. I'm just saying I feel like it's a fun song. We should give it a little spin. I'm putting my foot down. You don't want to play zigzag dance? No, let's play the song. Okay, cool. I like that it's a little bit more swing than it is ska. It's very swingy. I think what would have been cool is mm-hmm. if we would have, uh, because of Elmo Palooza, had a crossover of a Mighty Mighty Boss. Tones uh-huh. and Rosie O'Donnell Christmas album. I know. Stop. Due to the don't you dare, <laughs> don't you dare, <laughs> you get that out of your mind right now. That would have been fun. No, it would not. Have. That's questionable. It would have hurt me. 
She, I, uh, only if she was uh, doing the voice of Turk. Okay, maybe, maybe. Uh, I also, another song thing that you should oh, mention. Yes. Uh, we don't have to play it for obvious reasons, but uh, talk about uh, an odd place maybe where you would have heard the impression that I get. Perhaps uh, a movie. What was it? The, I'm trying to remember what it was. I showed it to you. It was the Digimon movie. It was just placed in the film for whatever reason. Yeah. Totally totally out of context, does not go along with what's happening. Wasn't All-Star in that freaking movie, too, or something I like that? I showed you a clip of that the other day. I can't remember what it was. I but. know there was another anime that had uh, Bare Naked Ladies. That was it, Ooh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, It was like... Was it the same movie? I think it was that movie. I think they just played one week in the middle of a freaking scene yeah, for no was, reason. Again, totally out of context, did not make any sense. I don't know what's going on in these movies where they were like, let's put in like very, very uh, non-related... Uh, like Western music, but not that Digimon was. I mean, I don't remember. Was D- Digimon was not an American product. No. It was also a, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. I wish Pokemon had better crossover music. All we got was Post Malone. No, I'm talking oh. about from the film. Yes, I know. Uh, I, the Blessed <laughs> Blessed Union of Souls had a song called "Brother My Brother." That was great a great song. song. Great song. Uh oh, who was it? The freaking woman. That saying that Herman Cain, the politician, was like, I remember in the Pokemon movie where they said. Oh, yeah. I don't who remember. Was the, who was the person? I don't remember. We'll have to find it later. Oh, my gosh. So uh, the other thing that it, you should mention, I'm, I'm just going off of yeah. uh, some of the things that you have so you don't forget. Yes. yes. Is there uh, their covers? Yeah. Tyler, did you listen to any of their covers? No. Okay. So. They have done some very interesting covers, mostly early in their career. Yes. I saved two, but I, I'm trying to remember all the rest of the good ones. But I think that really – wasn't there just a cover album that they did? N- I don't think so. I Not like, that I saw. I feel like there was a cover album. I could be totally wrong, but continue talking, and I will come back in with that answer later. They did uh, Detroit Rock City, uh, a cover, which they had a music video for, which is interesting. And they covered Sweet Emotion – by uh, no, Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Yep. And then the best cover, I think, is the one Caleb will play. I'll let you guys listen to it instead of me saying it. Say your prayers to the one Don't forget my son To include everyone Talk you in one with it Keep your free frozen Till the Saturday comes Say bring one Nothing ska going on there. That was a great... Also, uh, for clarity, it is not a cover album. It is a cover EP by the name of Where'd You Go? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I. you know, honestly, I feel like uh, Dickie would have had a pretty good career in hard rock. Had he, he wanted to not go in the ska this. direction, he would have been a great hard, like hard rock or maybe even metal vocalist. He I could, don't know. He could have gone pretty hard. I don't know if I hear the metal part, but I see what you're saying. Uh, they they covered uh, the song "What the World Needs Now Is Love" in 2016, yeah. uh, or in De- December 15th. So I guess it, it's a Christmas song to them for some reason. And that reminds me of uh, Smash Mouth on their album "Fushu Mang" uh, covering yes. uh, "Why Can't We Be Friends." 
That, yes. Which is not a very, it's a pretty bad cover. It's very repetitive. Caleb, you had to listen to Fushi Umang last year or two years ago, maybe. Two years ago. It uh, was er, it was early yeah. in our in our. Uh, you know, Smash Mouth's coming back. They got a song coming out here soon. All right. They posted on their Twitter, Smash Mouth. All right. Has a song coming. All right. I would see them. I would see them live. You would. I would. I would do Only it. Only if Shrek's there. Ooh. They, okay. I, I'm going to run through this because I. I don't know how it's possible. Okay. We should try and listen to list a, a, a little bit of it. Okay. But uh, recently, as yeah. of this year, they released a song called uh, The Final Parade. Okay. And that song features <clears throat> guest appearances from members of Rancid, The Interrupters, Fishbone, Stiff, Little Fingers, The Suicide Machine, Less Than Jake, Murphy's Law, H2O, Goldfinger, Sonic Boom 6, The Toasters, Bim, Scala Bim. Big D and the Kids Table, Doped Up oh, Dollies, The Agrolytes, Dance Hall Crashers, Ooh, The Aquabats, nice. Bucko Nine, The Porkers, The Pie Tasters, Lost Scarnals, Bust, mm. Buster Shuffle, Kamiri, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, and The Specials. Mm, how did nine. you fit all those people in one song? Is how that an hour? Is how long is, is that it? an hour song? Play a little bit. I want to hear uh, Tim Armstrong. I, I hope, hope it's just a, a flood of like 30 voices all at the Tim same time. Tim Armstrong from Rancid. I want to hear him. You, are you sure that's what he's... Well, he'd be more uh, appropriate this week to say Tim Armstrong from Op Ivy. Oh, that's true. This song is eight minutes long. Oh, that's not... That's let's, let's give it a, a little bit of time and see how, how much we can get out of it. We didn't even get a whole lot of people on that one, really. That is the uh, closing track on the new album. I forgot that it was uh, a part of it. Oh, I must have missed that. I didn't single get that far. The, it doesn't list everybody in the Spotify version for what would be obvious reasons. I don't know if you can list that many uh, features within one song. I don't even know like what each person would have done, uh, You know, the members of specific groups. But I will say Scott is a good kind of uh, like musical style that would allow for a lot of people to be involved in something because there's so many different like instrument like instruments going on and then there's a lot of like group vocals that they incorporate it's all that fun stuff that's like you know we could just have like a whole room of like 30 people and we could all be making the same song nobody's in the same room anymore everybody does it in their own home home studio big old zoom Ooh, call studio. big old zoom call big old zoom call there's a guy uh, or a band. Have you ever heard of the the Happy Mondays? Sounds familiar. I don't know if I've they're, ever heard they're of them. They're a uh, uh, UK group. They're like the the genre is considered Madchester and indie rock. But they have a member of their group. Uh, it kind of reminds me of what we're talking about just a little bit. Who his entire job is dance on stage. That's his job. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember that now. I feel like that fits with like Skull. No, oh, for sure. Like that could. Be yeah, that's good. You always got someone on there, like a hype man. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. I'd love that job. If my job could be to just go out and dance, ah, I'd take it. Yeah. I'd take it in a heartbeat. You're if official, any, unofficial if, member of the band. If any band out there is looking for a quality dancer, I would skip me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I would at least give it some consideration for my benefit. Yes. 
if you knew how to skank, you would be one step closer to getting on that stage. So is that something I should put on my resume? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, I'm going to start working on my ska-specific <laughs> resume. It says here, you skank. <laughs> I, have a yes. ty- <laughs> I have a typo, and it looks like I just say that I am a skank. Huh. Oops. Oops. My bad. I should probably fix that one. Yes. Uh, the I Back to the music of the, the songs we listened to, the five songs. I don't really think I got much from the other songs other than the main hit single, the impression that I get. Like, it's kind of uh, like, just like, I don't want to say sameness, but not a lot of like, oh, this stuck out to me from the the most streamed songs we heard. I, I mean, I think that, like I said, that's kind of typical for um, ska in general. Yeah. Is again, like, just because of the nature of like the structure of a ska song, it's very, like... You know, maybe you can slow it down a bit, but it's not like you're going to have, like, a, a sad ska song. How are you going to pull that uh, off? Well, uh, there's, I've seen some sad Jake one. has some good ones. Sad I agree. They got song? some yeah. sad ones on Hello uh, Rock View. The Rest of My Life, I think that that's a pretty that's okay. a pretty sad. Okay. It's gonna kill me. You know that song? It's a bit the sadder. Uh, there, I think that Less Than Jake are my favorite of that genre. It's reasonable. for Because sure. I have really good mm. songwriting. That's what I think. Yeah. I don't know. We got to get uh, past this. I think uh, I think that mine's probably uh, it's probably real big fish. Ah, oh. see, I just never like. I think the beer song is what does it. Like that's their main like thing that people know them for, and I don't think it's that good of a song. Hmm. So I don't know. Well, listen to all of turn the radio off, and you may be surprised. Perhaps. Is Rancid in this conversation? Um, Op Ivy would be, but Rancid's not really. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Rancid is West Coast punk. A little more really. skate punky kind of thing going on. All yeah, I mean, things. there's certainly some ska elements, and there's some break, like, for instance, uh, Red Hot Moon's got kind of a ska feel to it in the breakdown, but... All those, all those punk heads out there, like, oh, yeah, Op oh, Ivy. No, we're gonna, we're Nailed that get, one down real quick. We're going to get a goddamn email again. <laughs> <laughs> Stop emailing Challenge us accepted. mean stuff. If I, you can out punk and out ska the three of us, then I think that you've you, you know you deserve a golden accordion. Oh, oh we gotta start making those. Oh my goodness, we gotta start making those. TM the golden accordion yes, for everyone. Yes. Okay, we ready to talk about some Boston? Yes, some Boston. I believe so. Did you have a feeling I might play that song to uh, open up Boston with? It was more than a feeling. Oh, boy. Tyler, you hate Boston, right? Oh, man. My relationship with Boston is difficult. Uh, I don't really like Boston, but there was a time where I kind of liked Boston. Okay. And I still think that they have some okay things. I, I'm sure because as I, you know, the more I researched uh, the band Boston, yeah. my brain said on a couple of occasions, I bet Tyler likes something that they do in terms of like you know guitar engineering and effects and all that kind of stuff yeah they've got some uh interesting effects and guitar tonality stuff going on because he like made a bunch of his own effects and things like that which is pretty cool 
Tom Scholes, of course, is who you're yeah. talking about. Tom Scholes being Tom Scholes, who's really, really the main the guy. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, most people again with a lot of groups, you expect the vocalist to be kind of the the front runner, most important person, but that's certainly not the the case here. No. Yeah, I didn't even realize it was really just two dudes. Yeah, like Brad Delp and Tom Scholes were really kind of the the beginning, and of course Tom Scholes now is the only, um, which is yeah. crazy. That well, the entirety of the active, first but... album, the entirety of the first album was recorded by Scholes, mm-hmm. like all of it, pretty much. I I loved the other than the drums, right? Yeah, and like other than drums, and then of course the vocal portion of it. Yeah. One of my, I think my one of my favorite stories in a while is the one about the recording process of the album, in which because he, being so he actually has a, a a high degree, I believe it was a um a master's in yeah he's got a master's yeah master's in engineering um a degree from MIT indeed and so he built a uh, a recording studio in his basement, which of course is not a common thing to have been doing in the seventies no. by any means. Like, no. you know, now I'm sure there's plenty of recording studios in a basement. I happen to be inside of one of them t- to some degree. Um, but he was recording in this basement, a lot of their demo work. And when they were asked to, after they finally got somebody to kind of pick up on some of their demos, cause they, they were not picked up on many of the opportunities that people were offering, which uh, poo-poo on you for missing out on one of the highest-selling debuts of all time, yeah. you nerd. Um, yep. But they asked them to uh, re-record a lot of the um, demos at one point, and so the band went to where they would have been re-recording things, and then Shoals stayed and recorded things in the basement. Yeah, he so sent the they band were like, to "Oh yeah, LA they to... must have recorded this with uh, uh, you know, in the place we asked them to." And they're like, "Nah, we we did it on the basement. We just didn't know. Tricked you." Well, he just recorded everything and then sent it to L.A. so that whoever had like little things to do left could do it there, and the label could be happy. Mm-hmm. Which really, you know, if you if you're gonna uh, please your label, you might as well just do it in a tricky way. That's right. So you can please your label, you can please your lady. That's, I've heard that phrase many a time. So, what do you? So, Tyler, what do you like about some of like the effects that he uses, and like what are I, I guess like how do you see that as something that was kind of influential for guitar music? Because I do think like ultimately, you know, what he did as a guitarist is important for sure, especially in the era that this was happening. The the layered harmonies are pretty important. It's honestly the guitar tonality stuff is is cool but it's not um super dramatically different from some of the stuff he just had a certain sound he wanted and so he ended up but it's really like the the way that he played and the way that he overlaid melodies that made it be sonically different because they were able to make sounds that people thought were like potentially synth or sounded like violin and it was just multiple overlaid guitar harmonies and thirds and things like that so right it's pretty interesting the playing style and then the other thing i mean I also I don't they're just right good hooks I think I think their choruses are pretty good they they are I mean like if you think about more than a feeling it is definitely one of the most memorable hooks in hard rock yeah that's true mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of almost like a little bit like journey to yeah. a certain extent with the way yeah. that they write their choruses and hooks and stuff yes like the music isn't the same obviously but just kind of the way that the um 
Yeah, like I said. Speaking, I mean, yeah. it makes sense. So speaking of Journey, he oh. also um, developed technology. Like he was not just a musician. Uh-huh. He also um, used his engineering background to invent products. I saw he made a, an amplifier. He did, and this uh, yeah. this equipment, which is uh, the Rock Man, is uh-huh. what it was, which is a um, a guitar amplifier, okay. uh, was used by Journey. Uh-huh. So you know, yeah, a, used by a bunch of people. Yeah, ZZ Top, Ted Nugent, mm-hmm. no boy, our favorite, Ted Nugent. Uh-huh. We gotta figure out a way to do him. I don't know how, but we'll find a way. Um, but yeah, so the, <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, we'll talk about it after the show. No, no, I'm here now. Go ahead. What about like Ted New, but then Gent is the the metal. Oh, <laughs> I mean that makes some D, sense. It's D G or D J D J E N T. Yeah. Vote if you want on <laughs> patreon.com slash record roundtable. If you want to hear Ted Nugent. It's just the new forms of gent music. No, it doesn't have to be new. It could just be any... Uh, yeah, but it's not new. His name gent. is Nugent. Yeah, I know, but it has to be Nugent. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways. Maybe. We'll think about it. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. But yeah, the, the, the uh, his inventions are definitely something that we have seen uh, making an influence in rock music. And again, like... You don't see a lot of musicians um, with a master's degree in engineering who are inventing products for music. Like that's no. not like a thing that is just like all over the place. Jack White right. uses old instruments and he reintroduces them to music. That's kind of cool. That's a Jack White thing. He's also done some tweaking as well. Oh, he's a tweaker for sure. Yeah. Nice. That seems that sounded mean. I didn't want it to sound mean. I'm sorry, Jack White, for that fiber optic Jesus thing. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, Flaming Lips reference in a Boston episode. How could we not? Uh, so I think that it's worth uh, discussing the massiveness of their debut album. Yes. Which is, again, one of the uh, highest selling albums of all time is their debut. Which, again, like I don't see that as a, a, a common aspect of music just ever. No, like having a debut weird. that sells at that level. What did they do? I read you that know, they to make are it the, that popular. The first uh, band in history to make their New York City debut at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, so they wild? were already so big. Yeah, that they uh, played MSG, baby. Huh. I don't know. It's very. How did they even get to that? Like, how did they go from a band not called Boston to a band called Boston? And having like one of the biggest debuts ever, like what? What? I really what don't happened? know. How yeah, like it's not. You gotta work, work the radio, man. Hmm. It had to have been like there's just no, there's no way that you could make something, especially again at this time where the availability of music was like, like the ability to find something new. Oh yeah, for like a debut album to kind of circulate easily. Of course, at this time as well. Um, there was a lot less music being made because it was a lot harder to have access to the ability to do uh, so. Maybe. But I think maybe it it like it speaks maybe to how big and good more than a feeling is. Is yeah. it that's like the debut single and that's what made everybody buy, uh, you know, thirty million copies of this album is you know like at least partially that one song. Yeah, and it's the first song. Smart. Uh huh. That's Indeed. true. Get them in there. Yeah. Then you follow it up with Peace of Mind, which is huge. Ooh. Basically, the first four, actually, yeah. all the first five songs are the big ones. Yeah. He, uh, so 
Scholes actually was working at Polaroid during this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, uh, what an interesting uh, side world. But he had said that, because this, around this time, he, was only, he wasn't even 30 yet. Mm. And he was like, yeah, if this album doesn't work out, I'm quitting music. Oh, no. He was just, he was just ready to I be, couldn't picture I'm only that. trying once, and then I'm out. <laughs> ah, I see <laughs> what you did there, you Polaroid baby boy. Look oh, at you man. going. But yeah, I, I could see early on where if your music was not going to land, you'd be like, yeah, this isn't going to be a, a way to Why make would you career. quit after your debut album? <laughs> well, I mean, he had a master's degree. Yeah. He understood engineering. So it's yeah. like, if I can, if I see that there's not money available and it's not going to be a, a formal way to make a career, I'm going to have to figure something else out. He could have yeah. just made a ton of money working you know, be, for Polaroid. It'd be fun to do a list of like the uh, smartest people in rock music. Like the people that have like uh, River Kiyomo and uh, the lead singer of of the Offspring. Well, that's River Kiyomo is kind of a cheater. You got a whole band full of nerds based off you being nerds, and you want to now you're not trying to get a, well, some award. But hmm? I thought Rivers hmm. went to uh, to some kind of a prestigious school later. Sounds yeah, like later he went back later. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's still smart enough to go back though. That's what I'm, I'm that's what I'm saying is people that have... listen. You can do anything with money. Tom Morello's really smart. That's true. He's quite very smart. smart. Uh, Dex- Alice Cooper smart. Dexter, that's the guys from the, that's the guy from The Offspring. Ah, he he is like a, a what is he like a rocket chemist? Scientist? Yeah, something like that. Something yeah, somewhere in that realm. He's, he's some, way some too biological smart to write dumb field. songs that he writes. Yeah, they are pretty dumb. And they he ripped off dumb. the Beatles. Son of a bitch. What, um, what do you think about the tumultuous relationship of the members of Boston? I think there's some things to dig in there. Oh my why, why don't you hit it, friendo? Oh my goodness. So uh, I, I was looking at some some things. Uh, the the I don't know kind of how the beginning started, other than just like they basically couldn't work with each other very early on. And yeah, I think there was because of the responsibility that was put on the main fellow. Yeah, he kind of felt had a chip on his shoulder about the rest of the work ethic. Or I something. mean, really, again, he recorded everything for that debut album. Right. So really, when you think about the fact that you know Scholes is basically the one who sold millions and millions of copies of that album on what he was doing. Yeah, I could see why you have a little bit of a weight on your shoulders with yeah. that. But later in their career, there was uh, issues due to politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry Goodrow uh, was supporting Mike Huckabee, and he Ugh. played with him at rallies, and they played the song "More Than a Feeling" as a campaign theme. But Schultz, oh, no, this is problematic, isn't it? But Schultz, a uh, self-described Obama supporter, sent a letter to Mike Huckabee and asked uh, that they. He said, "My band does not endorse you. Yeah, and please stop playing "More Than a Feeling." They and did. He did. He stopped playing it. Uh, Can I? Uh, but real quick before you keep going. How does one be a self-proclaimed Obama supporter? I don't know. I feel like self-proclaimed basically signifies that they're not that thing. Like, I I feel like anything, like, if you're an Obama supporter, you don't have to be self-proclaimed. Like, I don't have to prove it, do I? Technically, it's all self-proclaimed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't feel like there'd have to be any proof in the the situation there. If anything, the proof was, get my song off of Mike Huckabee. 
That was yeah. evidence enough. He's in, he's an interesting guy. Uh, him and Chuck Norris, man. Yeah, he, Chuck Norris endorsed him, <laughs> and Drinking he plays Chuck Norris. he plays the bass guitar, and he had his show on Fox News, and oh, he would man. he would like in the like okay we're gonna go to break now, and he just put the bass on and start playing in between the commercial breaks or whatever. Yep, he's crazy. It's a weird stuff. He's an interesting yeah. guy. Uh, he also had gastric bypass surgery, so he was he was much. He was very big, and then he was uh, still big. What? So. Less big. <laughs> Less big. I don't know. I also, I th- uh, early on. Why did who gives this idiot a show? Oh, I didn't mean <laughs> to say that. Fox News. Oops, Fox News gave him a show. I don't. Yeah, he's I don't crazy. think he still has his show. What is he? Look, he get, what is But he you know what? His daughter did some uh, oh stuff. She's uh, more famous than him. Uh, she, I don't think she's more famous than him. She. Was famous more recently. Yeah, I think him being famous. governor of an entire state for a period of time supersedes briefly being the White House something or correspondent. Another. Press, I don't think press it's secretary. Press secretary. That's what it is. They changed the name every time they fired somebody. It was kind of yeah. remember Scaramucci. Oh, he's great. Anyway, speak, <laughs> speaker. I like the first one. I don't know who was the first. One? Oh yeah, I remember uh, the one that Melissa McCarthy played on SNL, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember his name now. There's just so many names. Something. We had to learn so many. I was really. This is a side road. We need to go back to Boston. But yeah. I was looking at the cabinet of Going Biden. Back to... There's nothing. Like there's. No, I don't know anybody. No. No, of course not. Pasaki. They call uh, her uh, Saki bomb or something like that when she. Saki bomb. It's some weird. I know. I've she, heard yelling she, like, and then says something. It doesn't. This is not yeah. It doesn't matter. Anyway, you know? So, but, what I want. Let me just tell you. I just want you to know this oh real God. quick, though. Yeah. Sean Spicer, that was the first yeah, yeah, yeah. press secretary. Yeah. And did you know he was on Dancing with the Stars now? Oh, I did no. know that. I oh, did no. know that. It can't can't be good. Anyways, Boston. That's um awful. another thing that I I'm sure probably caused some uh riffs in the mm. group was just the riffs. Ooh, guitar riffs. Um Schultz was uh definitely a perfectionist about oh, yeah. the music and uh was very happy to spend forever recording music i look that's crazy how long mm-hmm. in between out like you have the biggest album uh in the whole world and then you wait like eight years for the next one right no no no, no. The, the next one it was uh, two years after two years. for the second uh, album but the okay. third album was when they took a uh, eight year gap. eight years yeah but at the mm-hmm. time, two years was significant in the 70s. Yeah. People were expected to release music really quickly, yeah. especially after you had just released something that sold that much. They're like, yo, let's do that again. We need more of that money. Yeah. And really, they still sold quite well. It's not as though we think about Boston's second album in the same way of the first, but it still sold quite well. A lot of their sales, of course, came from their debut, but they progressively dipped in sales the going forward which again makes sense if you take eight years people aren't like oh yeah 86 i remember boston so it's not even just um about like staying in the public eye or the memory it's just like how much music changes over eight years oh yeah no doubt and, you know if you take eight years working on an album that the ideas the genesis started like after the last album, it's going to be outdated by the time it comes out. I mean, something. yeah, like rock music in 86 was actually, was it Genesis? Was Genesis a rock band in 86? I don't know. think so. Could you, you imagine like start to make an album in 86 and then release it in 94 and the entire, everything was like 
like Nirvana had already come out, grunge was a thing, and you're like, yeah, remember classic rock guys? Like, <laughs> you, yeah, Evan's just like, shut up. At boomer. least, at least in the in the '80s, you had uh, various uh, classic rock groups trying uh, like keyboard yeah. stuff going on. So, like, like remember when we talked about uh, ZZ Top did that? It was pretty interesting. Yeah, and um, uh, go back and listen to Jay ZZ Neil, Top. Neil. Young did a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Even Bob Dylan, to a certain extent, did some interesting stuff in the '80s sure. with that style of music. Even I think I think if I remember right, maybe no, not Springsteen. It was a uh, no. Who no, was Springsteen it? Never really there was some I, uh, Cohen. Didn't Cohen oh, do something yeah. like that too? That's true. He kind of like went what? The '80s, like uh, basically taking the, like capitalizing on the sound of the '80s. Like uh, uh, even Bowie did a little bit of that, and he wasn't super happy with it. Like, yeah, he uh, in retrospect, like the keyboard and and synthesizer and things like that, like the yeah. '80s sound that you know. Yeah, what's uh, I, I love the idea that when you release an album in like '76 and '78, then you release an album in '86, you now have to call it classic rock. Uh, it's yeah. been long enough yeah. since your last album that what you did eight years ago is now it classic, is classic rock. Yeah, like. Like first it was rock and now it's classic rock because classic. it's been so long that it has now become classic. It's so weird to think that at that time, uh, people listened to it when it came out and you're like, "Yeah, this is modern." <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Like, I love that idea too. Like, like, I mean, now obviously we're in the same exact boat. Always will be. Always will be. Obviously. Same way for the '80s. I mean, that's obviously like a a very sa- sound of the time. You know. Really, grunge is the same way too. Like at that time, we're like, "Oh my gosh, this is crazy!" But now we listen to it, it's like, "Yeah, that's that's yeah, pretty nineties." Don't dude. think of grunge as classic rock. You just no. think of grunge as grunge, yeah. right? But like a band like ACDC had a new album come out last year, and it's classic rock. Yeah, like an, an entire genre is current music that is considered old right that's weird it is weird right i agree, like, I agree. yeah the, even and, just that the moniker of classic even... rock is odd when do you decide that this is like the classic end of it but it's just this the tones can you think that they use is there like a group uh that is like a classic rock band like you consider them classic rock that released like a modern album that you can think of recently you mean a like a, a new a new band no, no, no. A, a group a, that came out as a classic rock artist who yeah, made Yeah, ACDC album. continues to do it, no, unfortunately. No, 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 no. a Blue Oyster That's, Cult? That sounds modern is what I'm saying. Oh, they, no, no. They wouldn't sound no. modern. Can That's you, not even... Is there I, any, I don't think any... There's no band that has... They don't update their sound. They Ozzy can't do Osborne it anyway. They don't even anybody? understand. Ozzy Osbourne, Ozzy Osbourne to some degree, has updated his sound for a little bit. I mean, yeah, I guess but it's only because, like... It's only because he has artists come in and, like, change things. Well, yeah, the production is oh, he's super overproduced right now. Yes, right. but it is that's a modern sound of a classic. So that's a good example. Kale. Yeah, good job. thank you. I'm, I'm I was trying I'm to here th- and like, ready for these things. I I was trying to. Think, we didn't rehearse this. I was trying to think of something like that, or like another, you know, like band or whatever. Like, right. but like you said, when like uh, Blue Oyster Cult came out with that album, still last total year, two years ago, rock. that freaking song on my head song. That's a great song. Yeah, that? yeah. You mean like. Uh, they released an album in 2013, uh, Life, Love, and Hope. And, uh, you know, oh, yeah. again, totally going to be classic rock. Anything that they're going to do is going to have that same, like, tone that they've had really always. Did you see what uh, Boston did uh, when they released an album uh, around uh, two, 1998? Uh, well, n- be no, more specific. So they were, they were working on an album mm-hmm. in 1998 
which eventually turned out to be Corporate America, which is that the one? When did that come out? Oh three? Is that what you said? Uh, two thousand two. Two thousand two. Okay, so the album is called Corporate America. They're working on it in ninety eight, and they uploaded tracks in two thousand and two under the pseudonym of a group called Downers Revenge, and they released the title track to see if they could appeal to a younger demographic without yep. knowing that it's Boston. Uh-huh. Which is actually pretty cool. It's they an interesting it, idea. They uploaded it Will as, people a, like as this an MP3. As an MP3. Well, MP3, yeah. Ooh. That, that, uh, Early in. That's kind of funny. That's, an, that's a fun little trickery going on there. Yeah. Oh, trickery. Also, here, we haven't played anything. I, I want to oh, mention yeah, a, I want to mention an interesting song that okay. I found. Yes. So they released a greatest hits album in 97, which, of course, is a, a good amount of time to have waited for a greatest hits album. People used to make greatest hits album like literally like two albums in. They were like, that's look true. at all in the middle songs. of their career. Yeah. It's like, why are you doing this now? Like, I don't understand. Uh, but they had a greatest hits album, and uh, the song I enjoyed from it perhaps the most is their instrumental version of the Star Spangled Banner. Everybody, uh, stand up uh, and take off your cap. <laughs> Boston may be the only group that's ever actually given the Star Spangled Banner a new sound. Like, what other? The Hendrix did the Star Spangled Banner. Oh yeah. What? Yeah, it's one of the most <laughs> famous things he's done. I don't remember that for some reason. I guess I just. Uh, oh my. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Have you ever Have you ever seen that video uh, talking about uh, Carlos Santana playing at Woodstock where he was high as shit? I don't think so. <laughs> oh my. You know what I'm talking about, Tyler? He uh-huh. was like he was the highest you could be, and he went mm-hmm. out and just like shredded a guitar, and he did not know where he like he had no idea where he was, but he played the best guitar you've ever heard. It's so crazy it's what he does. Man, what he, he is does. good. He's smooth. He's who? He's him and Rob Thomas, the smoothest of smooths. Um, did you? So this is we're gonna bring it down a little bit. Did you read about oh, the energy coming? I know the it's coming. lead singer. Uh, uh, dying indeed due to mm-hmm. uh self death <laughs> don't don't very do that. good i thought you said we were bringing it down and then you go with self death i didn't i mean it wasn't a joke suicide he committed suicide well the police called it untimely yeah i, I feel like any, i don't understand pretty that. sure any suicide is untimely yeah that was it? a weird yeah, that was a weird and they said no oh. no foul play but it was untimely yeah that's not good. I uh, I found it surprising. It said that it, he had left several notes for whomever would find him, but they didn't mention like what was in the notes. I'm curious, like what it was. I guess that um, led to that decision um, that he made. Not that, you know. I mean, there's always something that comes from it. But, but yeah, his um, his then uh, wife, no fiance, fiance had found him. Um, and they did a, a big concert kind of in celebration of his life. His last uh, concert uh, was that he performed prior to this uh, was a, a tribute or something like that 
to a football player. That's kind of interesting. Doug Flute. Yeah, Doug Flutie. No, Doug Flutie is a quarterback. Oh, Flutie, you're right. I see the uh, eye now. I think he, yep. he played for the Buffalo Bills, and he's known for his uh, his magnificent throw, his Hail Mary throw. I don't, I don't, it looks I like don't he, know what I'm He's about. done a lot. He was in the Generals, Bears, Patriots, Lions, Stampeders, Argonauts, some, Bills, some, Chargers, uh, Bills. and Patriots. Some of those are Canadian teams. Uh, him um, and uh, Kurt Warner. Were both oh, yeah, teams. Toronto Argonauts is, yeah, that makes it. Calgary but, Stampeders. Him and uh, Kurt Warner both played, uh, I believe, Canadian. Interesting. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyways, but yeah, Boston, yeah, yeah. But it, it, Not it, Boston. It, it, did, it did have something to do with what we're talking about a little bit. And did. We've done that a lot. So One far, thing so. uh, I will say about the music we listen to. So when I put the songs in the playlist, I was looking at Wikipedia and saw how many hits they had, which mm. is like every song that they had from the first album and the second album as singles all were hits. Yes. And then like the songs from the third album were still hits, but not as many from the album were hits. But mm. Well, it I, makes sense when you you have one of the highest selling debuts that oh, you're yeah. going to have That's big true. hits. Like even if it's not just the one song, like at that point in time, if you had an album selling like that, if you released anything as a single, it would have done well. But uh, I didn't recognize like the titles other than More Than a Feeling when mm-hmm. I played them mm-hmm. or when I like looked at them, and then I played the songs. Like, oh, I know this song. Yeah. Oh, I know this song. Yeah. Oh, I know. Like, that's great. Like. It's interesting when you like when you think about a classic rock band like Boston or anybody like that, that you're like, okay, yeah, I know that one song, but then you're like, I know all of their hits because, like, radio, commercial, yeah, uh, all the various places, movies, whatever, all the various places that the songs would be played. Uh, but it's and let's not forget that classic rock radio is still real. Oh yeah. That's true. Oh, it's like absolutely. the only rock genre that's consistently played. I think. I mean, really, I think it's the only consistently popular radio at this point. But people aren't uh, going to really. radio is re- big. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, country is another good example of that. Really, ra- anything that's- that is a sound of music that is perhaps not as modern as like like again like nobody is really listening to pop radio anymore because they listen to pop music now in different mediums. But mm. classic yeah. rock is definitely going to survive well on the radio because that's where it started you know mm-hmm. it's like where you that's would hear it from and again yeah. if they haven't updated the sound like we've been talking about of course you know it's not gonna all of a sudden start working for like streaming platforms or youtube videos or whatever it might yeah. be so huh yeah i was watching yeah, when uh... I... oh go ahead Tyler. when i was growing up there were uh three or four classic rock radio stations that you could get in my hometown and like bolt the only and then like two pop stations. One was a local station that just played top forty and news. And then the other one was from like Louisville and then a couple country stations, one which local, but it was all all the rest of it is just classic rock stations. Yeah. I, I liked the way that Schultz talked because he's again, you know, still alive and um the only, you know, m- modern member who started the group, which of course makes sense. Can it really be Boston without him? Um, but in 2017, they, he said that he was making new music. He was writing new music and they were like, well, when should we expect this album to come out? Because again, as, as mentioned, he, uh, has traditionally been willing to wait as long as he feels so that album sounds right for him to the point that a uh, record label sued him for taking yeah. too long to make an album. And he won because you know, why not? Uh, but he said about that album, he said, who knows? I'm only 70. I figure I've got 30 years. Nice. Oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, whatever. Funny. You know, I've got a window of time. 
I love you know, that the, idea, though. Like, to be 70 years old and like, yeah, I got time to figure out when I'm putting this music out. It's like, most 70-year-olds would be like, I'm on a crunch. We got to get moving. Yeah. I want to know what happened because they signed, uh, well, he and uh, the singer, the only two people who were on the record deal, signed a 10-record deal, and they only released five albums. Right. Oh, no. So what happened? <laughs> they sold enough from the first one. They called it, like, four or something. I don't know. Like, that... There really is no like, way to justify How did he get out of that? Can you imagine pressuring a 73-year-old man to make five albums? <laughs> get you to it. You got five more, John. <laughs> Pick we it up. Told you. Get those feet moving, young man. Uh, oh, last thing we haven't mentioned is the uh, the frequency that they show the spaceship. Oh, oh big, yeah, a big, a big portion of their uh, their career, uh, their album work has had that spaceship. It is apparently, I did not realize, the idea of it is a uh, a ship where Boston is actually inside of it. Yeah. Like, it's not oh, like the, just a spaceship. The They're in the dome. Yeah. The, the city is or in the, the city? dome. The, city? <laughs> the state of Boston. Uh, what um, a state. Come God, on. Boston. Come on. It's a full state. Um, but yeah, it's the, the city of Boston is inside of that spaceship. How would why would you even know that? Like they had to explain like well that No, is, you can see it you can in see the it? dome. Oh. Yeah, the the dome has well, I don't know what features you would put in to a spaceship to make it clear that Boston was I mean it's just a skyline. You'd have to realize recognize some of the Yeah. or just understand. I mean you can just assume. A lot of angry people in that ship. A lot of angry people in that True. ship. A lot of Duncans in there. Duncans. All right, we uh we ready to put ourselves to a vote here? Yeah. Who would like to begin? I can begin again. Hit it. I will vote for the band Boston. Mm. I was thinking it was difficult because I, it was a good it was a good week because I listened to the Mighty Mighty Boston's music and I said, oh yeah, this is pretty fun stuff. And I got to the Boston stuff. I'm like, oh, this is good too. But I think that my enjoyment of the hit classic rock songs of 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 old. Uh, took them over in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's what I say. After this week, they got enough record sales. They got. Uh, like, Are they not? Oh, I don't think so. Listen, they just how because they put weird people in now. How and they don't? Uh, they, My God, they don't. Uh, I could be wrong. What is the point of having a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame if you don't have like one of the highest selling groups in the Hall of Fame? Real. Jeez, what is the point of that? That's silly. I agree. They should be in the Hall of Fame. For sure. This is a, a website called Not In Hall of Fame, and they are listed as number 55 as Not In Hall of Fame. I assume that oh. means uh, the 50, worthiness. The, yeah. That They've been eligible for almost 20 years. Yeah. You know who just got in this year? Freaking Foo Fighters. They shouldn't be in over Boston. Foo oh, Fighters over boy. Boston? Yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah, Boston should have been in before Foo Fighters for sure. Because, I a, mean, with a 20 year Dave, but... with, a, with a 20 year gap. How do you, I mean, like. You Wait, have... does that mean Dave's in twice? He is in twice. Ooh, but I wonder how, how many you... people are in twice. How do you put a band that did not exist when Boston was there, Nirvana, in. And then a whole band that was created after the dissolution of this other band mm -hmm. in, and you have a, a band like Boston that sold 75 million records, yeah. have uh, at least 10 top 20 hits. Innovative in terms of like you know the engineering that they yes. use. Everything yeah. about it screams this should be a thing. Yes. Uh, Tyler, you vote. I'm sorry. I will vote, but first I'll mention there are 23 artists who are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. 
Oh, we should, let, we should let's let's chit chat about that at the no. uh, at the end. Okay. All right, we'll get to that. I'm I will vote for. I think I don't think this is going to be surprising, but I think I'm going to vote for the mighty mighty Boston's because I like ska, and I think I like it more than I like what Boston was doing. Even though there's some Boston stuff I think is okay, and they got some good choruses, but they're going to edge out. I will also vote now. I also so actually I um after record usually I have a decision made before I come in to record. Um but on this occasion I had a decision and I will be changing my vote based on conversation. I initially was going to say Mighty Mighty Boston's because I think I would more actively listen to them um as a group. I think I would seek out their style of music more. But I think it is hard to argue that they are a better band than Boston. I wouldn't probably... I, I mean, I listen... Because, you know, with, with the time that I have, why not? I listened to the debut um, from Boston. And, it you know, it, it's a very important album. And I listened to two albums from Mighty Mighty Boston's. And I enjoy listening to them. But they're not necessarily, like, game-changing albums, you know? They were, they were big for the early ska movement. And I will not, you know, take that away from them. But I think Boston is a bigger band so i will i will give it to boston on this occasion and because of that we have ourselves a tie because patreon check out our patreon if you are interested if you enjoy our show please please um they voted for the mighty mighty bostons so we have we have ourselves a tie here folks no winner no loser two good bands baby also, Jared, before we close, uh-huh. I do want to mention that you missed a big opportunity. What did I Because the, lo- the vocalist of the Monty Monty Bostones was in a Gaslight Anthem song. Oh, no, I, he I was. Didn't, I didn't know. I saw you added that to the playlist. And now you don't get it. to talk about the Gaslight Anthem. Uh, Too bad. What do you think about people using the term gaslighting now on like Twitter and stuff? It came from them, obviously. You think so? No, oh, I don't. My goodness. No, I don't. It's Brian Fallon. Thanks, Brian Fallon. He's a guy. He is a guy. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band. Let us know who you think is the good band. Follow us on our uh, social media platform. Send us an email very kindly. Review our podcast on uh, iTunes or something. This uh, has been a pretty good episode with two good bands, we've decided. Next week, we're discussing, next time, next week, whatever, Arctic Monkeys, the Arctic Monkeys, and the uh, Davy Jones-led Monkeys, who I like a lot, and I uh, probably am going to pick. So, whatever. (laughs) Just skip the recording. Listen, they're good. I will tell you for an hour next week how they should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, tune in for that. Goodbye. Really put Help on the my sister with her fucked up car. Put that in later. Thank you. Is that recording?